Thank you for joining us tonight. As I got some very strange stares from my co-hosts after that baseball clip. <laughs> but it was the uh, Team USA, Ben, 
in the World Baseball Classic. I know, you know a lot of our listeners are not sport fans, but uh, shame on you. That's our pastime, and uh, we beat Venezuela pretty bad last night. I think it was. No one cares. Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, I think it was like the final score was sixteen to five or sixteen to six, something like that. We wow. really romped them, but it was a great game. And Venezuela is a really good team, Ben. So and they're all juiced uh, up. I heard. Well, I don't know who's juiced <laughs> on the team. I know I know Bray was on the team, but you know what, Pius. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's, they, who's on Team America? Derek Jeter is on. Jeter, huh? David Wright's on Team America. David Wright's uh, on there. Rollins um, is on the team. And Victorino. I mean, some of the Phillies. I mean, there's some great, great players. Adam Dunn had uh, like a you know 600 foot home run last wow. night. So I mean, look, if you don't care about baseball, then sorry. Hey, I got to hang. By the way, for David Wright because I never have ever seen him hit a ball really? ever. And my wow. girlfriend, my girlfriend loves him. And whenever we're watching the Mets game. The guy never performs when I'm watching. Really? Well, that's what it is. Please it's, do me a favor. Don't watch him because I'm a Mets fan, Ben, <laughs> and uh, I can't have that uh, type of year again. And I'm, he's supposedly <laughs> awesome. And then I turn yeah. it on, and the guy s- screws up every time uh, Every time I'm watching. Yeah, so. he's a gold glove third baseman. He's an MVP. I mean, he's a, he's a really great baseball player. But, you know, hey, look, i got to play it, and uh, I figured I'd surprise you guys. But anyway, America, USA, Team USA is 2-0, and and now they will be guaranteed uh, into the next round. So if you care, then good. I mean, that's America's pastime. And I have a clip for the hour can't break. Can't do it. I have a clip for the hour break, Ben, <laughs> that uh, kind of really more illustrates what baseball can mean to the country. So I'll, I'll let you, the suspense kill you for that. After the first hour, I'll play a clip that really does kind of touch <laughs> home. So, mean? hey, you know what? I like sports, and if you don't like that, it's too bad. Anyway, lubrication, right. Tony Pax will, will massage your brain into thinking that everything's okay with the funny, the crazy, and the unbelievable. Tonight, it is the fat, the dead, and the unethically superficial. Pyeth, go ahead. I Sorry, I jumped the gun there. Ah, right. For the fat tonight, it is the world's fattest man. Soon will roll in minivan equipped to hold record-breaking uh, girth. Picture of this man is unbelievable, man. <laughs> the world's heaviest man still can't walk, but he will soon be able to roll. Manuel Uribe says he is having a 1989 Chevrolet Astro van outfitted to support his record-breaking weight, giving him a mobility after more than six years of being confined to his bed. Uribe- I'm not fat. <laughs> how did I know how to wait there for some reason? Uribe earned the Guinness World Record as the world's heaviest man in 2006 when he tipped the scales at 1,230 pounds. He claims to have wow. since shed more than 500 pounds after making a public call for help. That's a lot of weight. Uribe, known uh, yeah, known as Meme, or Meme, I guess, to his friends, uh, even has a name for his new ride. My friends call it the Meme-mobile, just like the <laughs> Batmobile, he said. So uh, good luck to him, and hopefully his he's... His third role has his own... Uh, has its own- that 1,200 pounds, Ben, I mean, even you could put everybody in this room together, we're not even weighing that much, but uh, the minivan is being converted uh, into an open-air flatbed pickup of sorts. Manuel says he will put a bed on the back of the van to drive around town, so this way he can get around uh, where he couldn't do that before. On to the dead. A uh, man dies after gorging on 43 cream banana-filled pancakes. So... <laughs> You know, I guess the top. It's not funny, but it's it not. Is. It's not. Well, we laugh at a lot of things that are not funny on the show, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Animal Farm. Glad you're joining us. Uh, this man, I guess this is one of the top ten ways to go, though, if you're going to go. This is out of Australia. The winner of an eating contest dropped dead after gorging himself on 43 cream and banana stuffed pancakes. I never even heard of such a thing. Jeez. Boris Isaev, age 48, from West Russia, collapsed to his knees and died on stage after stuffing himself with pancakes in a competition to mark the end of 
of the region's Pancake Week. So it's a whole oh week of festivities, Ben. Wow. Very big thing. He had really enjoyed the pancakes, but then he started foaming at the mouth and went down like a sack of stones. One witness said, we have seen people fainting during such contests before, she added. Uh, the exact cause of death is not clear. But yes, you know, competitive eating is a, is a growing sport in this country. Dare I use the word sport? I wouldn't agree Dare with it. Dare I use the word growing? I mean, look, if golf is a sport, I guess eating can be. Sorry, Pyeth, but not for nothing, uh, competitive eating is, is, is a growing thing. And ESP, ESPN actually covers the growing momentum, and, and you know they cover the actual events here, Ben, where people eat until they can't eat anymore, and whoever eats the most obviously wins. Mm-hmm. So I guess anything, you know, long, long live sport, I guess. <laughs> I didn't really pick that intentionally, but we're on a sports kick tonight. Of course, Cindy Sheehan coming up at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Very big guess. We're getting ready for that. Lubrication continues here with the unethically superficial. And, uh, wow, I mean, in this day and age, can you just get any more angry at a person here in California, a woman? Accused of embezzling $10 million, and then she buys 400 pairs of shoes. Check this out at Vista, California. Are there things that make you angry? A California story, right? A former bookkeeper embezzled $9.9 million, forcing her company to make layoffs as she bought 400 pairs of shoes that she kept in a room-sized closet decorated with a crystal chandelier and a plasma television, authorities claim. Annette, yeah, Annette Yeomans, age 51, surrendered at a Vista jail on Friday and was booked for investigation of grand theft and embezzlement. She was being held Saturday at the San Diego County Jail in lieu of $10 million bail. Uh, it was not immediately clear whether she had an attorney, but authorities allege that Yeomans embezzled the money from 2001 to 2007, so six years this was going on, while she was chief financial officer for Quality Woodworks Incorporated, a cabinetry business in San Marcos. So, yep. What the hell is going on around here? I wish I was a CFO just once. She spent at least 240000 thousand dollars on 400 pairs of shoes if my mother's listening she's probably in her glory oh my god three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> on designer clothing and 160 purses valued at two thousand dollars each good lord Jeez. in this economy so i will end there and that's not really lubrication that's kind of like call to arms getting you angry material but anyway folks yeah. it is the animal farm thanks for that hopefully you you can deal with the baseball clip and maybe even the one at the arrow break it is 512-879-3805. We have to get a lot of information in before Cindy Sheehan comes on the program because I'm sure it's going to be another full show interview. Yeah. And, of course, our website is animalfarmshow.com. Ben, you got the, the chat link up there now. Everything is going well. The chat room is full. Mm-hmm. We really uh, want you to go there. And if you if chatting's your thing, then sure enough, animalfarmshow.com, go there. And you can be one with the farm, and you can see our delicious links, which you will be able to follow us along as we report on articles. Absolutely. So uh, there's a lot of things going on, Ben, so many things. And I'll, I'll start off, if, if unless you have a, a funny and a crazy. I do not. Okay. Well, I just want to set this, the tone <laughs> for the evening here. Uh, a store has been banned. And from displaying a, the First Amendment, check this out, and a hearing on sign ordinance forbidding oh murals, uh, a mural in this case, and other signage on storefronts, a topic covered here recently, and this is rinf.com, once again, in our animalfarmshow.com website. Freedom. Uh, City of Clearwater here defends its decision to forbid businesses from posting the words of the First Amendment on their property. So the written words mm-hmm. of the First Amendment in this case. The same, God, I love freedom. This is out of the St. Saint Petersburg Times, again, uh, on rinf.com as well. Regardless of whether it's in art or advertising, uh, a federal magistrate on Wednesday set a high legal standard for granting federal protection for the mural on a Clearwater bait shop's wall. U.S. Magistrate Judge Elizabeth Jenkins was asked to recommend an injunction protecting the mural. City officials say the painting is an illegal sign. 
illegal sign. The ACLU wants Jenkins to recommend an injunction against the city of Clearwater while the ACLU fights for the First Amendment rights of the complete angler to preserve a fish mural on the side of the building. The shop owner considers it an art. The city calls it a code violation. Quote, I am somewhat disappointed in both sides by your arguments. I expected more, Jenkins said. And the ACLU attorneys James Green and Maria Kai Annan railed against the Clearwater sign ordinance, calling it vague and saying that city planning officials have too much discretion. Finally, they noted several exemptions to the ordinance, such as holiday signs and question the city's judgment on content. So a little something yes. for you. Kind of, like to, control, kind of like to let you down off the lubrication with something. It's like a step before the next it's step. It's like they, just, they, have like nothing, they have nothing better to do, <laughs> just micromanaging the hell out of every possible thing that they can. Just, you know what I mean? I mean, next thing to me, you get CFOs embezzling $10 million to buy shoes, and then you have cities who are spending yeah. time, valuable time, and probably money, and legal money in this case, uh, to, you know, over a sign on a bait and tackle shop. I mean, like, what is next? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. That's just out <laughs> of control. Soylent Green. Yeah. I mean, what is... $2.3 trillion missing from the Pentagon, uh, <laughs> you know... Yeah. Uh, children uh, being born slaves, uh, you know, veterans dying on the streets. But we're going to have to take yeah. care of that First Amendment sign on the, exactly. the side of your building, right. by the way. And, and you know, and let's we not talk e- about hassling decent people. I make it my business. <laughs> yeah, yeah I wish we had Mr. T to go down there and really? crack some skulls over that. It's it, freaking nonsense. It's getting to the point now where we need we need some uh, some real action in place. And you know, let's not get right on the financial thing. I guess we really should. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him, Mr. T. Get him. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Crazy fool. Yeah, it's getting put you in the Jeez, spirit. I can't I wait. And I'm just, I'm so glad we're I want to go. Down, I want to stick a cigar in my mouth. I want to go down there. I want to start shooting the place up. I love when a plan goes right. What's that famous quote? I never remember it, but uh, no, I mean, you know, I really, unfortunately, I mean, if you turn on the TV, and I have actually talked to people this past weekend. I mean, they they refuse to even look at a newspaper or even put the television on anything other than you know entertainment. Or in other words, they don't want to look at the news. They don't want to even. You know, take a glance because obviously, I mean, look at the news today. It's just yeah. bad news after bad news, and uh, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And especially when we talk about the financial crisis, which we've covered, my goodness, in depth. And folks, don't forget Bob Chapman. Yeah, I'm going to put the YouTube clip up there as soon as possible. Ben, I'm on that. But we did interview Bob Chapman. The archives page is up, folks. If you miss any show, mm-hmm. you can also uh, certainly subscribe to our podcast, or if you want, individually download. Our past shows, AnimalFarmShow.com, and the archives button's there. So, you know, just get involved. Get up, James Brown style, and let's get this done. But either way, I mean, Ben, it's, I guess it's kind of our job to, to go beyond, and we, we're going to have to talk about these things. It's something you can't just uh, sit around and yep. screw around all the time like we do. But the World Bank here predicts global economy will shrink in 2009, and take that for what you will. I think whenever you talk about these massive global Esque problems, or at least when you when when the global economy folks weigh in, you got to ask uh, the problem reaction solution question, like we did with Bob Chapman. Mm-hmm. You got to ask the question. I think basically, uh, is this engineered? Is this not engineered? What's going on? But uh, the World Bank said Sunday that the global economy will shrink this year for the first time since World War II, and that the global financial crisis will make it tougher for poor and developing nations to access needing financing. Do you know what that means? means it's time to start killing each other again. <laughs> Woo! We better get into the war. We yeah. better expand our military bases <laughs> right away. And while we're at it, we better look into some more pig odor research because that's important. <laughs> Blueberry farming and, uh, you know, toad cheese manufacturing. Trade is forecast to fall its uh, to its lowest point in 80 years. I want to talk about this when we get back, Ben. And I really want to cover the U.S. to push for global stimulus because don't forget the World Summit's coming up, the G20. Oh, jeez. They're gearing up for folks. A little Pink Floyd for you. And right back on the farm, we will be. Stay with us. 
Hey, Jack Blood here, host of Deadline Live. I wanted to share with you my secret weapon in fighting the new world order. It's a new product called Enerfood. Enerfood is bar none the best health supplement I've tried, and I've tried them all. With many ingredients like spirulina, chlorella, dulse, kelp, barley, grass, alfalfa, leaf, beetroot, orange peel, winter cherry root, it really is nothing less than superfood. I couldn't imagine having to shop and prepare all of these ingredients, but now I don't have to. Enerfood's done it for me. A simple scoop of powder every day is all it takes. No fillers, no miracle claims, no magic bullets, just a real product with real results. Call them today and mention Jack Blood and get a special discount. Get the two-pack special with the coconut oil powder. Call them now, 1-866-762-9238. 1-866-762-9238. Or simply go to enerfood.com. That's E-N-E-R, enerfood.com. Tell them Jack Blood sent you. Sure, when it comes to sex, you're responsible, but now they're marketing big-size condoms, and frankly, you'd need a belt and suspenders to keep one on. Well, don't be embarrassed. Hot Dog House now offers regular-size condoms with big-size package names. Bob, you dropped something from your wallet. Oh, my God, it's Here. my... Here, oh, the Hindenburg. Only kind I use. Order your regular-size condoms from Hot Dog House with names that give you confidence. The Jolly Mean Giant, Cruise Missile, Pikes Peak, Superdome. Only you'll know the real story before a while. So, uh, why is there a munchkin riding in the Hindenburg? Now, you and your friends and family can enjoy the cleanest, most delicious, and healthy drinking water anytime, even while traveling, camping, at sporting events, or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, while leaving in the beneficial and nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote lakes and streams. The optional PF2 filters even remove fluoride. The Berkey Light LED, with its rechargeable lighting system, can be used as a nightlight or camp light. To view or purchase your Berkey water system and replacement filters, please visit Freedom Underground Radio's website homepage at WFURadio.com and click the Berkey banner. Once again, that's WFURadio.com and click the Berkey water banner. Not yet available in Iowa. Now you can kick the smoking habit in just one week's time with a powerful new product called Puff Beater. Puff Beater. Puff Beater is superior to other products, and here's why. When a person quits smoking, they develop a self-righteous attitude, looking down upon people who still smoke. <coughs> Puff Beater keeps you from having this obnoxious behavior. I quit smoking using Puff Beater. I feel great, and I don't harass losers who still smoke. I saved enough money by quitting smoking that I can now afford to drink a latte anytime I want. Change your life with all new Puff Beater. Always read and follow label instructions. Puff Beater recommends if a person who has quit smoking using a different treatment is giving you grief, just tell them, I can't wait to see how fat you get. Puff Beater is not really proven yet, but it hasn't been disproven either. <laughs> Kick the smoking habit and do it now without turning into a f***ing <laughs> Call now for your free video. Puff Beater. You're listening to the future of talk. Freedom Underground Radio. Freedom Underground Radio. Get down, get down. Get down, get down. Get down, get down. Get down, get down. Get 
Welcome back to Animal Farm Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen. 512-879-3805. I'm having a hard time not dancing to this. Um, yeah, Ron Paul was on D.L. Hughley's show. Yes. D.L. Hughley is now into politics. And uh, and Ron Paul, he had, he had the foresight to have Ron Paul on um, and actually apologize to the man. Just incredible. Um, so it was a really great interview. I don't know if we want to play the whole thing. It's pretty long. It's like 8 minutes, 52 seconds. It's a great interview. Is it really that long? It's pretty long. it was long. only about 4 or 5 minutes. Yeah, it, because uh, the big recording that's out there I only see. got the second half of the interview. They didn't get the front. So Ooh. we can fast forward if you'd like. You know what, Ben? Actually, I have the introduction to the uh, interview, if if you want. Sure. Uh, of course, this is all unrehearsed. Uh, check out. Yeah, I have I have the first. Oh, I guess the first four or five minutes. Okay. Is this the beginning, Ben? It's amazing. <laughs> what is this? What is this dude? You, you are probably the most the favorite Republican of everybody uh, that I know, man. You, oh you yeah, this is the beginning of it. You're very reasonable. You're very pragmatic in your approach. Can I ask you an honest question? Is Rush Limbaugh the Republican Party leader? Philosophically, he has a lot to do with it, but technically, no, he's not the leader. He's not an elected leader, but philosophically, he's filling a void. I think there is a void in the Republican Party, and uh, and somebody is, is, is filling it. But there, there are philosophic influences, and that's what uh, Rush Limbaugh does. Well, then let me ask you a, a probably a more direct question. Why do so many people insist on kissing his ass like that? Why? Why is he so, uh, you know, Mark, uh, Mark Sanford, the governor of... Uh, of uh, North of South Carolina apologized. Uh, Congressman Phil Gingry apologized. Now you have the chairman of the RNC apologizing to him. And I don't think they said anything that was uh, unreasonable. Why would they insist I, on... I have no idea. They'd probably have to ask that answer. I can't quite figure out all this excitement about <laughs> this neither. event. <laughs> because, because, you know, in a way, I just wonder about the liberals and the Democrats wanting to help Rush Limbaugh so much. I mean, he's making a lot more money. But you know what I suspect that's going on? And this has nothing to do with the conspiracy. But I think <laughs> What they want to happen is Rush Limbaugh make a whole lot of money, and then they're going to tax him and limit his income to about $250,000 a year, and they're going to put a tax on all the entertainers, and we're going to bail out everybody in the country and take care of all the poor people. Hey, man, the word conspiracy is going to be used. Let the black guy do it, okay? I want to do that. <laughs> but, 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 but he does represent, uh, Rush Limbaugh does represent a, a, a pretty large segment of the Republican Party. I, I think the uh, little poll, I don't think anybody knows the exact number, but I think I saw a poll that said maybe 11%, but they're energetic and they know about it. But he doesn't represent, uh, uh, you know, a lot uh, of, of people involved with social values. He certainly doesn't represent me. Now, Rush did say that he wanted uh, President Obama to fail. Do you feel the same way? No, Obama! no. Obama! hear his exact Excuse words, me. but, uh, you know, if, if a person's goal is to help poor people and take care of and improve the world and bring peace, you want them to be successful. But if you, they want to be, if they want to socialize the country and, uh, and and nationalize everything, no, you don't want them to be just successful there, but you can su support their goals and you hope they do, but I don't want any authoritarian to be successful. I don't want, I don't want people to be successful in their foreign policy, even if we go off to another world like like Obama's doing right now oh. in Afghanistan, you know, if you say, oh, great, let's have great success over there, then he can go on and take on Pakistan. Well, thank you, Ron. We're going to be right back. Next, uh, we have more. Okay, so I'm, yeah. I must have the second part of the interview. Yeah, so <laughs> they go to the break. I say, wait, hold on a second. What's going on And here? then they come back, but it's much better when they do come back. Yeah, that's. I think the second clip is better. Yeah, you have it there, Ben. Yep. With uh, Republican Congressman Ron Paul. Ron, you ran for president. Uh, when you dropped out, you did not uh, back John McCain. 
Um, obviously, you have some issues with uh, some members of your party, right? Right, yeah. When they don't live up to their promises, you know, if, if they call themselves fiscal conservatives and then they double the size of the budget and the deficit, right. then I, I can't with a clear conscience support them. So you, you were against uh, uh, George Bush's big spending, too. Oh, a absolutely, and certainly I was against his foreign policy and his violation of personal civil liberties, the, uh, you know, the privacy that he was invading and the secrecy of government. I, di I didn't like any of that. Uh, I'm sort of an old-fashioned conservative that believes in the Constitution. Now, you, you voted against, also voted against President Obama's stimulus package. Obviously, you had uh, right. reservations about that. Why, why, why was that? Well, I don't think it's going to do any good. Uh, most of that money so far hasn't helped the little guy going to Wall Street. If they'd have taken all that money and just sent checks out, we'd have been better off. I would like to get the money in the hands of the people. I don't trust the government. And I don't trust the politicians and the bureaucrats yeah. because they deal out, uh, bail out their buddies. What we want is to get more money in the hands of the people. That's why I would just suspend the income tax and uh, everybody would get a pay raise immediately. And there still are a few people that are employed. So this would be a big boost to the economy. Then the people make the decisions rather than bailing out uh, corporate giants and banks. And then they take their money and they get billions of dollars worth of bonuses it's absolutely out of control but, but, but Ron, okay I, I i too was against the, the bailout but uh some uh, aspects of the of the stimulus package i see so you know like as far as extending unemployment benefits to people making those a little longer uh and, and things like that other other attributes of the stimulus package i agree with some of those but the bailout i i, I have to say I, I was totally against it i didn't think that we should have bailed yeah. out the jam I, I thought some of the banks I, I could see how that was necessary but honestly what do we do then well, you have to find. You have to understand how we got into this mess, and we got into this mess because, because we spent like we there was no tomorrow. We all right. spent like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, you know, we elected the Republicans to back off from big government, right. and they doubled the size of everything and ran up the deficit. So we spent too much, we borrowed too much, and then we started putting pressure on the Fed, and the Fed acts on their own, and they started inflating. That is creating credit out of thin air. They're the ones who really causes the boom, and they literally bring about the bus you know after after the depression ended after the world war ii the spending went down two-thirds and taxes went down one-third and that's when the depression finally ended in the late 40s wow I mean, you know the the amazing thing is that you almost you you you, you don't seem like a republican to me like that i've ever heard you seem so reasonable uh, no, honestly, you really do. You, you, you seem to make sense, which I, I don't attribute to very many pol politicians. Wait, wait. But, okay, go ahead. But, 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 but the government does has to have to do something. I think we're very panicked. I think the, yeah. uh, the, the, the electorate is clearly nervous. The government has to do something to kind of lay their fears or, or we'll never get on track, right? Yeah, and, and that is true, and we could if we had some sensible people here. And I, even though I am a strict constitutionalist, I don't believe in most of these programs, I still have an interim uh, set of priorities. I would cut $400, $500 billion from overseas. I don't think it makes any sense to blow up bridges in Iraq and then pay to rebuild them to no-bid contracts where the corporations never rebuild. I say spend all that money back here at home. We could save enough money by just changing our foreign policy, cutting down on our deficit, and still take care of people that we have taught to be so dependent. We spend over a trillion dollars a year maintaining an American empire, but nobody wants to give up on the empire. Wow. Not even this new administration. They're pursuing the Bush policies in the Middle East, and they're not cutting back. And yesterday I gave a speech on the House floor, and I literally bet the troops will not be out of Iraq in 2011. Right. 
because the because we're going to have a big embassy and we're going to have 56 military bases. And believe me, that is very offensive to the people of Iraq. Ron, you are <laughs> you're too human to be a Republican. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I was on Bill Maher uh, a, a couple about a year and a half ago or so. And you came on and you uh, you came on uh, by, by satellite uh, and you were explaining about the Civil War, how it didn't need to be fought. Uh, and I was at first like, he's saying it didn't need to be fought. But when you explained it to me, I thought it was one of the most pragmatic, reasonable things I've ever heard a politician say. Well, you know, the other nations in the West that had slavery. All, all right, so yeah, the, the clip, obviously, it's extremely war. long. It goes on forever. We'll, ki we'll kill this break just for the time being because there's so much to talk about. It's a great clip, and I think, you know, uh, certainly get it off on YouTube. Are you delicious it there, Ben? Or? Yeah, I believe it is. You know, bookmark yeah. it there. But it, it's a good interview from DJ's perspective because obviously he criticized Ron Paul way back. But more important, the most important part of the interview for me, Ben, I think, is that he says that this administration is doing the same thing. The Bush administration, they're taking the same policies, the same problems that have gotten into this mess in the first place. Yeah. And they're not only keeping them going, but they're exaggerating. They're going even further. And uh, you know, we have a great, great story out of the Raw story here where Dennis Kucinich comes out, one of our favorite dudes. And uh, unfortunately, this is the other reason why you can't just start giving money out to corporations where you really should be putting in the, in the pockets of Americans if you're going to do any spending of this magnitude. But unfortunately, four of the largest TARP recipients, the Trouble Asset Relief Program, they're spending billions on questionable transactions. Now, it's bad enough. We can't even find out where this money is going. But then when we find out... Uh, Listen to this, Ben. Rather than using federal bailout money to reinvigorate lending to consumers, some banks that receive funds from TARP have spent it on questionable items that have done little to improve health, the health of the country or the country's financial sector. So it goes on here. Listen to this. Citigroup Incorporated, which received $50 billion in troubled asset relief program funds, they made an $8 billion December loan not to an American entity but to Dubai Public Sector Company. Dubai, man. Nice. This is our money, and it, they're investing it. Citigroup is investing it in Dubai. Then uh, there's, there's way more. J.P. Morgan Treasury Services spent $1 billion investigating, uh, investing uh, the cash in management and trade financial solutions in India. Um, let's see what goes on and on. Goldman Sachs uh, owned one nineteen. Let's see, 1.9 million shares of the company, but they ended up using the money that they got from TARP to buy more of their own shares so their stock would go up. Yeesh. It goes on and on, and, and I'll do Bunch of scum dirtbags! Bank of America spent $7 billion investing in the China Construction Bank Corporation. Bank of America received $25 billion in TARP funds. So not only is our nice. money being just spent to bail out companies that don't deserve it, but they're using the money overseas and overseas investments. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The raping, really the raping, and... Uh, just on that, Ben, you know, what do you got to say? Because really, I don't know. just say goodbye to you know, get, say goodbye to our sovereignty uh, in every single way of it. You know, we talk about um, you know states' individual sovereignties and how the federal government is so intrusive in that and doesn't let states make their own decision, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then that happens on an e economic scale too. Then you know you're really screwed because now the United States in itself doesn't even have sovereignty, and and we got it taken away with all these uh, free trade agreements, NAFTA, GATT, and all these. Um, and, and now it's happening from an economic standpoint where they are literally just funneling money from the inside of the United States out to other investors. Um, and it just it makes me sick, dude. It really <laughs> does.
And it's, it's probably no wonder that Jose Miguel Alonso, uh, for he writes for Global Research, you know, he talks about civil unrest in America, and that's a big yeah. question. You can check it out once again, folks, animalfarmshow.com. Uh, you can check it out for yourself. But really, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about a global problem, and that's why before the last break, Ben, uh, I teased the article that was talking about the World Bank predicting this global economy, uh, which will shrink in 2009. But the one paragraph that says it is the ramifications of the growing financial crisis on the world's poorest nations will likely remain for some time, the bank said, because richer nations are borrowing more, developing nations are being squeezed out, and many financial organizations that have provided financing to lower-income countries have virtually disappeared. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it is a global problem, but uh, the the solutions that we are being presented with in our country certainly have nothing to do with it, and it reminds me of that network clip of, you know, there are no countries, there's only Exxon, there's only uh, these big corporations out there, but... Yep. All oh, right, we've well, got to clean up this country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we do have Cindy Sheehan on the line, so we're going to take a small break, and then we will go to her. All right, folks, stay tuned. Animal Farm Show, when we get back, Cindy yeah. Sheehan. The Animal Farm Radio Show with Ben, Tony, and Pyatt. I want you to rise up and get fired up. Bush, you're trying to buy votes towards the end of the election. He goes around, you know, selling uh, weapons to everyone, getting that military-industrial complex vote happening for him. Sold 160 fighter jets to Korea, then 240 tanks to Kuwait, and then goes around making speeches why he should be commander-in-chief, because we still live in a dangerous world. (laughs) Thanks to you, you (laughs) What are you doing? Last week, Kuwaitis had nothing but rocks. (laughs) Been arming the world, man. You know he armed Iraq. I, I wondered about that, too. You know, During the Persian Gulf War, those intelligence reports would come out. Iraq, incredible weapons. Incredible weapons. How do you know that? Well. <laughs> we looked at the receipt. <laughs> but as soon as that check clears, we're going in. What time's the bank open? Eight? We're going in at nine. Rest in peace, Bill Hicks. You are on the farm. Está escuchando al animalfarmshow.com. Welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show. We are uh, here with Cindy Sheehan. Uh, Cindy Lee Miller Sheehan. She's a Miller as well, so that's really interesting. You guys might be related. <laughs> She's an anti-war uh, activist whose son Casey was killed during his service in the Iraq War on April 4th, 2004. She attracted national and international media attention in August 2005 for her extended anti-war protest at a makeshift camp called Camp Casey outside President George W. Bush's Texas ranch, uh, a stand which drew both passionate support for it and angry criticism. Uh, she ran against that face transplant patient, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> we always... uh, she didn't really have a face transplant. She just looks like she did. We always say uh, that on the farm. Yeah, and in 2008, she came in second in the seventh-person race, which is uh, pretty impressive. Um, she also hosts a radio show called City Sheehan Soapbox on Green 960 AM Sundays at 2. And we would like to thank you very much for coming on the farm, Cindy. Oh, thank you for having me. Do you have a beep in your phone? Are you, are you getting bugged again? <laughs> Hopefully not. 
Do I have a what in my phone? There's like a beep coming. Is it? There's is a beep coming out before. I, yeah, it's it sounds like a little beep out of the phone. What's? I'm doing a. I'm doing some high finance transactions here at the ATM. <laughs> okay, cool. That's great. But I'm not. I'm done now. <laughs> Cindy, thanks for joining us. doing an interview and and um, getting some money out of the ATM. <laughs> Yeah, get it all out at this point. Uh, great. We're not worthy. Yes, we're not worthy. All of our favorite guests. Cindy, of course, thank you for joining us. It's really great to have you on the show, and we're hopefully going to fill up the next hour and 20 minutes. We have so many questions for you, uh, but obviously we want to give you a chance. We give all guests chances at, at the very beginning of interviews just to promote your websites, what you're doing, what's what's new in the in the world for Cindy Sheehan, what are you up to right now. Just give us a quick uh, update as to what's going on. Well, we're trying to wrap up my congressional campaign for 2008. Like you said, I ran against Nancy Pelosi, and um, we still have some debt to pay off. It, it costs a lot of money to run for anything, but um, so we're, we're trying to do that, and that's cindyforcongress.org. Uh, that website's not too active right now, though, and um, like you said, I have a radio show right now, Cindy Sheehan Soapbox. It's on 960 AM in the Bay Area from 2 to 3 Pacific time on Sundays. But it can also be live streamed or um, archived. We archive it. You can listen to the archives at cindysheehansoapbox.com. Um, all the shows are archived, and you can download them and listen for free. So. We're, I think, on the ninth or tenth week, and it just seems to be picking up a lot of steam, a lot of interest. I think there is um, there's room on the on the radio airwaves for an alternative vision to the mainstream vision of Republican Democrat and um, their policies of of um, destroying our way of life and and supporting their way of life. So it's um, just picking up a lot of interest. So people can go to CindySheehanSoapbox.com, and I can always be reached at Cindy at CindySheehanSoapbox.com. Great. Excellent. Um, now, I kind of want to get the Plus ball rolling. We're, gonna, we're trying to do some anti-war work, too, because, you know, getting back into activism, because Obama, his, policy, his foreign policies are almost identical to George Bush's. So the anti-war movement cannot give up. We have to keep going and have to be just as strong against Obama as we were against Bush. Absolutely. I'm in full agreement. Um, I want to get the, the ball rolling on people that don't know who you are. I know a lot of people do, but if you could just really quickly explain. I know a lot of people you know about uh, your son Casey and his untimely death. Um, can you just give us uh, tell us quickly about how you got started and, and how that loss pushed you into this whole thing? Um, well... Like you said, my son was killed in Iraq. We never agreed with the war. Even Casey didn't agree with the war. But um, he went anyway, thinking it was his duty, you know, um, thinking that he would just be allowed to be a Humvee mechanic like he was. And he was killed five days after he arrived in Iraq in combat, and he was a mission that he was for forced to go on, by the way, and um, they asked for volunteers, and when he said, <laughs> they said, Sheehan, you volunteer, he said, I'm not going, I'm just a mechanic, and his sergeant forced him to go, and he was killed uh, a few minutes later, so, um, but after he was killed, I just started to investigate 
anti-war organizations, and um, I got involved with Military Families Speak Out, and that's a group that has um, active duty soldiers, people, um, uh, you know, they have loved ones who are in the military and they're against the war. And, you know, didn't really feel, I didn't really fit in that niche since, you know, my son was killed. So a few months after that, after the um, November 2004 elections where I worked very hard against George Bush, I founded Gold Star Families for Peace, and that's an organization of people who have had loved ones killed in war, and not just the Iraq War, but um, Afghanistan, uh, Vietnam, First Gulf War, World War II, Korea. So, you know, we had a lot of members who have, whose families have paid the ultimate price for U.S. Um, imperial stupidity and greed. So, uh, I just started to speak out against the war and, you know, first of all, to, you know, make this country realize that there are, these are human beings and, and families are being affected for the policies of our, our government. And, you know, it just evolved into, like you said, a, an internationally known protest after I camped out in front of George Bush's ranch in Crawford, Texas. And, you know, ever since then, I've traveled around the world trying to represent the peace community in the United States, and I've um, published three books, um, spoken on college campuses, and just tried to get the tried to get the word out and uh, motivate people to to join us in these um, in the protest activities and um, to pressure our politicians, which doesn't work very well. We found out and just um, evolved into running against Nancy Pelosi for Congress. And that's about a real thumbnail sketch <laughs> of what I've been doing since my son yeah. was killed. And um, April 4th, it'll be five years since Casey was killed. And it just, some days it seems like five days, and some days it seems like five decades. So it just never, that ne that part of it never, ever gets easier. Yeah, well, Cindy, obviously, Cindy, our, our condolences go out to you. I mean, it's a horrible thing, and I, I want to get into the, the paradigm shift. I want to talk about how the media used you and manipulated your movement. I mean, you've done so much just for just for an activist's uh, standpoint, but you've also done that much more for families who have lost uh, loved ones and just for people out there, people who want to be aware as to what's going on. You were a voice. You were the face. But uh, before we get into that, one thing that we try to talk about a lot on this show especially, and we try to cover a lot of very important American issues, but one group of people... People that seem, they always seem to get the biggest, uh, or the, the, the shaft, if you will, or the worst part of things. And there's, that must be the car. <laughs> Getting into your car, Cindy, I can hear it. But no, seriously, one, uh, one group of people is always the veterans. And we talk about how not only the veterans in the current war are getting the shaft, they're not getting paid for their extended tours of duties, and they're really being manipulated as pawns, and I think they're looked at as that way. But on top of it, the veterans who have served this country for the past three or four wars, there's so many of them are still homeless, houseless, as George Carlin would say. So many of them really don't have uh, money. They're on the streets. They, you know, they're, they're sitting out there. They're homeless. So, uh, you know, I want you to speak upon that. And have you worked with any veterans groups who are trying to raise money uh, where the government should? Well, I work for, I work um, with Veterans for Peace, Iraq Vets Against the War. Those are organizations that um, they do 
do um, some kind of some some um, sort of veteran um, advocacy, and you know many members of VFW. I mean, not VFW, <laughs> VFP, and Iraq Vets Against the War. They they many of their members do do um, veterans advocacy also, but they're. Their goal, as in my um, group's goal, is to stop these wars for empire and and profit. So we don't create any more um, harmed vets, any more wounded vets, and um, all vets. If they come home physically whole, they they come home changed in some way. And you know, sometimes as we've seen in Vietnam, those. Uh, problems don't manifest themselves until years, decades. Some, some of my veteran friends said they didn't even have or weren't aware of PTSD until the Iraq War started, and it brought up all of their their bad memories, and they started having symptoms of of PTSD. But also, my Vietnam vet friends, like you said, there many of them are homeless. The highest proportion or percentage of homeless people right now are vets. Which to me is, um, you know, are, it's bad enough that our soldiers are misused in war, and then they're treated so shabbily when they come home from from these wars too. But um, but yeah, so the the work that we try to do is to call attention to these facts that you know there is a price to pay for war, and uh, when if there is a war, if there's a constitutionally declared war. Um, which I am against. I mean, I think that we have to be very careful about using our military and and where we want to use it and what we want to use it for. My my um, instinct would be only use our military in self-defense or to defend other human beings, and we know that that's rarely what our military is used for. But then everybody should have to sacrifice uh, in some way. I think that there should be a universal draft if there's a constitutionally declared war. And I think that that um, co- Congress people's children should be the first ones to go since they're the ones that have the responsibility for declaring war. And that's the only noble war is one that you would send your own children to. And I think being a parent, there's very few. There would, it would have to be probably truly a last resort if you were going to send your own children to fight wars. So, so yes, we try to call attention to the human cost of war that is so put you, t- you mentioned the media that that until I came on the scene in August of 2005 you know you never would have thought that there were any parents or our loved ones of our soldiers that have been killed in Afghanistan that that protested the war you never would have known that that these people were human beings I mean Americans know this intuitively but, you know, the, the, their stories weren't told, and we didn't know anybody. Very few people, thank God, have had to pay the sacrifice my family's had to pay. But in a, in a very real sense, that's not fair either, that that we're, now people are starting to have to pay because of the economy that's caused by this um, horrible economy, I think, in great part is caused by the war machine and how much money we pour into the empire. So I, I do think that that's the... That, that's what the groups that I work with are trying to work on is education and um, trying to stop these um, these horrible things from happening. Yeah. Now, you and a bunch of other people uh, in 2004, you got an actual a chance to meet President Bush. 
Um, and you had, you had said that President Bush was sincere about wanting freedom for the Iraqis. Um, and you said, I know he's sorry and feels some pain for our loss, and I know he's a man of faith. Um, so what changed in that statement? Did you know more of his no. policies come out, or did you just come to the realization that he's a well, professional liar and, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, there's probably a lot of some of that together. But um, unfortunately, one thing that my husband and I decided after we met with President Bush is that we would try to put the best spin on it as possible. And so um, right after we met with him, it was a big deal in our community in Vacaville, California. And so the newspaper came over, and the kids, my, my other children, you know, didn't want to talk about it. They were just so rightly upset about the meeting that we had with George Bush. But my husband and I decided to try and put the best spin on it as possible. But then again, um, after the meeting with George Bush, so many things started to to come out. The, there was a Senate intelligence report. If you remember, they only released half of it uh, before the 2004 elections that, that said that the intelligence was bad and that the president um, uh, that the administration knew that it was bad. The Downing Street memos came out that said that uh, there was no there was no um, rationale for going to war. So, but America was bound and determined to go to war. So they were going to uh, fit the intelligence around the policy instead of fitting the policy around the lack of intelligence. So yeah, more and more things started coming out. It never was a supporter of George Bush. But after Casey was killed and after I started to, uh, after I had time to start investigating um, what was actually going on is when I started to become very enraged um, at George Bush. And, and then, of course, it progressed into, into knowing that it's not just George Bush, it's the entire system. And that's why I ran against the Democrat, because when the Democrats came into power in 2006, and if anybody used me uh, and the energy of the movement, it was the Democrats to regain oh, yeah. both houses of Congress in 2006. And then they didn't do anything um, to, to uh, you know, pay back the movements that, that put them into power and, in fact, betrayed us. They kept on funding George Bush's war. Nancy Pelosi took impeachment off the table. So then I, I began to evolve to know that, it's the entire system, not just the Republicans that were responsible for getting us into um, the war. And so my protest, I'm not going to be like some people and say that, you know, everything I've ever said or done has been 100% right and um, that I have never changed my mind because that's, that's really not possible in being an, Amer- an American. But the more I've learned and the more I've studied and the more I've traveled, my... Um, ideology has been refined and um you know some things have come into sharper focus for me that's for sure yeah we're talking to cindy sheehan of course a legendary activist and i think cindy one of the things that i noticed 
Uh, you know, we all go through this, at least people who try to look into the media and try to figure out what's going on in this country. A lot of people go through that paradigm shift and what we were talking about before, Ben, where, you know, y- you go into politics and you get interested in politics and maybe you're the right or the left. And the more and more you research, the more and more you have to come to terms mm-hmm. with the fact that this is just a business. This is just a big mob of people. And they keep trying to sell you the different color, flavor or animal on their T-shirts every four years. And they're really is no difference and the sad part is is after after we've had eight years of misery one of the worst eight years in this country's history by far this new democratic uh you know presidential administration they're just as bad and in fact they're probably worse in a lot of ways and this is less than 100 days and less than 60 days where am i and Mm -hmm. sure enough already we can see the writing on the wall we could already it's already proven that uh more spending more war and ultimately a lot more heartache for the american people so the one thing Cindy that you went through that I think was very important I mean granted it happened to you now you're more aware but everybody got a chance to see you go through it on TV in other words we go through it in our in our living rooms or in on our, our personal computers. private lives, Exactly. Yeah. You know, me and Ben, that's we all went through it on our own right. time. But you went through it in front of the media's eyes. And unfortunately, yes, uh, de- the Democrats used you. Uh, all of the, you know, the, uh, what is it called? The left media, of course, but the Air America folks, they used you as the pinup girl. And then, you know, apparently when you quit the anti-war life, they celebrated. And it's just propaganda after propaganda. But, Cindy, uh, I want to talk about Obama. I want to talk about the future because we've already covered the past. And people know who you are and they can find out. But it's obvious that you're not buying any of this bull crap that we're getting from Obama and his folks and his clan or whatever. Um, What do you see? I mean, there's so many things to talk about. But just on the war front, because I want to stay on the war front, um, it's obvious that they want more war. Do you think it's true that we're going to see 14,000 some odd troops pulled out of Iraq, whether they're put back into Afghanistan or not? Do you really think we're going to see any real substantial pullout? No! (laughs) Cindy, are you there? Can you hear us? Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at least least we had her on for that long. (laughs) Yeah. Well, folks, you're listening to the Animal Farm. It's unmistakable. Yeah, our internet went down. Is that what happened? Mm. Do we run our Viper through the internet? No, I don't know. Hopefully not. It it shouldn't matter. But uh, anyway, well, we had Cindy Sheehan on. Cindy, I'm sure we'll either call back or we'll get her back on. Yeah, well, it's technical difficulties here on the farm. That's what we do. Um, It's it's part of the show's production value, Ben, really, in a lot of ways. Lovely. Anybody who's followed us for less than two years has has more than noticed that we do uh, have more technical difficulties than pretty much any show in the world, maybe except for Jack Bloods. No, I think Jack's got us beat. I think Jack's got us beat by a, quite a margin. But, Cindy, uh, either way, if you can hear us, stay on the line. We'll get you back on. Obviously, we have a break coming up, which is somewhat convenient. But either that's the thing I really want to talk about, Ben. I mean, it's it's one thing for us to rant and rave and mm-hmm. talk about problems and solutions on the animal farm. Yeah, great. Who cares what we think? But when you talk about someone, first of all, who's actually lost a family member in this war and a son, uh, really, what a tragedy. And this has happened how many thousands of times and how many deaths have we yeah. uh, are we guilty of on the other side? But either way, that I, I want to find out what she expects. I mean, she's obviously researched this war more than you or I, Ben. Probably both of us put together for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't actually tuned into her show uh, to listen to her show. But I listened I, to a great episode today, with Christ- Christopher uh, Hitchens. Um, she's just an excellent interviewer herself. Really? Yeah. So it was it was it was good. It was uh, passionate, <laughs> and it was she made a lot of poignant points, but. 
Um, here we are. D- does she know. have Does she have a working phone system on her show? <laughs> Probably. You better wow. keep an eye on the ISDN because that thing might go down next. Jeez, uh, just man. bear with us, folks. This is just again, this is par for the course. And hey, I'm just glad she when she got when the beeping occurred, I was like, okay, we're already off to the bad start. Yeah, I know. Thank God it was the ATM and not some kind of phone thing. But we will get a Cindy Sheehan back on. But in the meantime, uh, that's that's kind of the direction I want to go. I mean, I really want to find out what she expects. And uh, on top of that, too, I really want to make sure that we get the uh, websites to the organizations that she's affiliated with. And let's start giving people some real solutions, some actual things that you can do in your spare time to uh, to reach out and to, to make some kind of difference. And, you know, uh, one day, Ben, I, I you know, not, not that to quote Martin Luther King, but I do have a dream, Ben. <laughs> I have a dream that one day the Animal Farm can run a real radio show with phones and guests. <laughs> Believe it or not, that is... Well, listen, man, that's one why we day, have that... Sorry, go ben. for it. No, go for it. You're on a roll. Do it. <laughs> I think that one day we can have phone lines and advertisers in harmony in one for the people, for free speech and alternative media. I believe that one day computers will function properly and that audio will be codeced correctly or coded correctly. I'm going to stop there. I don't know what to tell you, folks. If we can't laugh at see what happens is we'll laugh about it now. Then the break comes up, and then I'll throw something sharp at Ben. And I'll miss him just like at hair by a hair. And then I'm going to break something else. And then, and then, okay, here we go. Well, we're back online. That should not have any have had any pe- impact on Cindy Sheehan. Cindy, if you get a chance, call us back. We'll get you right back on the line. So much more to talk about. That would be a it's shame. It's like we're all retarded now. It really is. It, it really is like we're all retarded now. But it would be a shame to not have her back on. Uh, there's so many questions I have, Ben. And, you know, really when it comes down to it, we have a break coming up. Uh, let's go on to this break. And then when we come back, Cindy Sheehan hopefully will join us. And then we'll have your phone calls on the Animal Farm radio show, animalfarmshow.com. Please donate. Stay tuned. We'd like some money. Can you believe there are forces that don't want you to hear Freedom Underground Radio? We are forward-thinking individuals, pioneers of new media and digital space. FU Radio represents truth without fear. We are always finding new and unique ways to inform people. You can help. Visit our donations page and keep Freedom Underground Radio the pulse of new media. Had enough of all those cop shows? Of course not. That's why you'll love the Cop Channel. Constant cop shows 24 hours a day. Tonight at 8, Time Daily teams up with the world's smartest police dog on Cagney and Lassie. Okay, Prime Ball, hold it right there. All right, all right. I'll do whatever you want. Just keep that drooling mutt away from me. Don't you call my Lassie a mutt? I was talking to the dog. Then at 9, Richard Simmons hits the streets of San Francisco as an undercover cop in an all-new dragnet. Up against the wall and spread him, bucko. At 10 o'clock, he's bad, he's blue, and he's taking Sesame Street back from the bad guys. He's the rookie monster. Hold right there, creep. We see you. Drop cookie and move away from jar. So come check out the lineup tonight on the Cop Channel. Constant cop shows 24 hours a day. It's positively arresting. Warning. 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 Freedom Underground Radio is habit forming. Habit forming. Habit forming. Use the truth carefully. 
Here in New York City tonight, the first major sporting event since last week's catastrophe is underway. Major League Baseball at Shea Stadium, where the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves put on a stirring show of support for New York and America. For 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I could feel that I was in a state of normalcy again. We almost needed to go. I think that when something serious happens in your life, whether it's a death in your family or a traumatic event or a historic event, you, you cling to things that are familiar and comfortable to you. A ball game on a Friday night in New York was as ordinary as it gets. But not on this night. It was New York's first mass gathering since the attack 10 days earlier. 9-11 heroes lined the field as 41,000 fans came together in a show of strength and resolve. But still, the evening was met with a measure of unease. It was nerve-wracking because you couldn't be there without thinking about uh, possibly even an attack. I think the first couple of uh, airplanes that went by, people got nervous and looked at them. People did not know how to react at the ball game. There was all this hidden anxiety of let's continue to mourn and let's continue not to show a, any emotion other than mourning. But in the bottom of the eighth, with his team down by a run, Mets catcher Mike Piazza lifted the crowd in a triumphant salute to the city. Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza and the Mets lead 3-2. And with that crack in the bat, spontaneously people stopped mourning and stood and cheered. It was an amazing night because everybody's intent changed. It wasn't just a ball game. It wasn't just a song. It became a fight song. It became a call. I want to wake up home in the city that doesn't sleep. To fight, I'm king of the hill, head of the list. Cream of the crop at the top of the heap. Boom. People came to Shea Stadium to be together. And that sense of unity in a time of crisis is incredibly empowering. This is what we're all about, not terrorist attacks and horrible things. Let's show people that we can act normally. And maybe it'll help other people start acting that way. We can get through this. physical act of going to a ball game it was a sense of moving forward that nothing else had
right. Obama! All right, let me stand next to Obama. Obama! I did. <laughs> I think there's actually another verse here, Ben. Obama! Let me see. Yeah, there it is. Uh, this is the pre-chorus. Obama! Yeah, that's right. Obama's taking over. We can't even get a, you know, Cindy, our biggest guest in the history of the animal farm and how, uh, I guess, just par for the course, as we always say, Ben, how it's, it's, great. Just, it's not working. And it's uh, just a matter of time before one of us just goes postal. But you know what, Ben? Here's my resolution for today. Even when you win, you lose. Right, Jesse Ventura. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna do my best because I know last time we got all perturbed and upset. But uh, this time, and she's not calling back. I'm not sure. Cindy, if you're listening, please do call us back. Many more questions, and I'm sure people out there, I know a lot of folks did tune in tonight for this interview, and I would feel terrible if we couldn't get it done. We may have to reschedule, but that's the way things go on uh, the old animal farm. Things just never go right. So it's okay. And uh, But my resolution tonight, Ben, is that I'm not going to get angry. <laughs> Good luck with that, man. Pieth, what you, Pieth, your thoughts. What the f*** do you think is my opinion of it? I think it was Exactly. Uh, very upsetting. I mean, you know, and, and not that we don't have enough content to, to roll along. We certainly do. Uh, and I know we've skipped around quite a bit. But, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Ben, that baseball clip, I know a lot of people, some people I think are just shaking their heads. Other people are saying, yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. But you know, I, know, I know a lot of people criticize sports. I criticize sports on the show a lot. You know, I think people have have been consumed by sport to the to the degree in which they don't have any idea what goes around and that's kind of important as far as current events, never mind political issues. But uh, really, in the case of, of 9-11 and the first baseball game in New York afterwards, whether you're a Mets fan or Braves fan or whether you don't like Rudy Giuliani, I certainly don't. But that clip right there yeah. does give an example, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think it gives a really good example of what sport does mean to this country, especially a sport like baseball. You know, we're not just talking uh, hockey or, you know, or basketball. This is America's pastime, and that is baseball. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a, a little statement. And if you don't agree, by all means, 512-879-3805 while we're waiting, Ben. Well, that's another thing me and my girlfriend were talking about, how you walk into a baseball game and it's like it, it, the, the feeling that you get of just being there. Now, I hate baseball. I, I, don't, well, I don't hate it, but I, I like it, but I don't like watching it on TV. I'd rather shoot myself or do, do, you know. I'd rather hang myself with barbed wire. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty terrible, man. Yeah. I would challenge you on that. <laughs> I would it's, definitely challenge you on it's that. It's almost that bad. But it's <laughs> but I go to a baseball game, and, you know, by the third inning, and I got, like, you know, nice beer in me and the hot dog. Yeah. I'm loving it, man. It's, it is the best feeling in the world. Yeah, and, and, again, the good thing is, I mean, you're not even a big baseball fan. In other words, you don't follow the game no, or follow the stats. You know, like my father, for example, is an absolute baseball fanatic. I'm not even remotely as much of a fan as he, as he is, but uh, he and I have been to a lot of games. I've been to stadiums all across the country when I was young. You know, we, we traveled around. I mean, I, I'm a big baseball fan. I just love the sport. But uh, no, I mean, let's just, and, and to put it in one final you know, context, if you will, here, Ben, what if everything in the country were right? Let's just pretend, for an example, everybody was just happy and everything was just jolly good. You know, what right. would we be doing? We'd be going to these baseball games. We'd be spending money on going to football games. You know, we'd be enjoying the culture that is America. So, and, yeah. and if we forget about that, then I'm not doing this show anymore because I'm doing this to try to remember how good things are. And I think the other thing I was thinking about, maybe the little revelation that I had driving here, was even though things even though things are horrible right now, they are. There's no way of twisting how bad things are, maybe how bad things are going to get in the next month, six months to a year. But let's not forget the things that are still good, you know, the things that make us who we are. So there's my little political form soapbox, if you will. <laughs> We're still waiting for Cindy Sheehan. She may not come back. 
You know what's uh, really killing me with this whole thing? What's the matter, Ben? Is I'm trying to send her an email telling her to call back. And our internet connection's down. And I can't. <laughs> it's no, like, well, you know what you have a perfect to, I know I have. You know you have to do you, that, but. You change, you change it from mail.optonline <sighs> to, the, to the other one, right? Yeah, and I don't, yeah. I don't even think we can toss this one off to the networks. We, we like to blame the network for everything, but I don't think we can do that tonight. So that's a real, that's a real shame, because that's a really. It's always nice to pass blame off to someone else, <laughs> uh, especially when things go wrong. <laughs> anyway, Ben, let me, let me just try to get back to some reality here. I mean, I know we left off with some financial news. I mean, we talked about the, the World Bank now predicting uh, basically the end of the world, and then U.S. now to push for a wow. global stimulus. My big question, uh, one of the things I'm very interested in is, is the G20 summit. It's going to be uh, coming up soon in London. And <laughs> I'm, I think press will probably be at an all-time high, at least trying to cover the event. But I'm really curious as to what happens before then and what really, obviously, what happens afterwards. What are they going to at least release to the public as to what's been discussed and what information is out there and what are we going to do? Because, you know, we're not just in an American global, uh, an American crisis. It's yeah. a global crisis. It's global. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the Earth from the moon, you can see the money falling Outside of the atmosphere, obviously. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it really does, folks. You know, I hate to use that word conspiracy like DJ Hewley or Hugley, whatever his name is. He wanted to use it, not Ron Paul. But, folks, I mean, really, uh, how else, what other word can you describe where folks get together and conspire against a common good or, a, a, you know, a group of people? Yeah. Uh, really, in this case. And I don't, you know, you, oh, may, crap. you may take their words for, you know, for honesty and truth. Oh, yes, we're going to stimulate the economy globally so that everybody gets saved. Folks, it's, a, it's a real simple mathematical equation. And I'm not even an, an economist, but, you know, listen to the Bob Chapman interview. Give everybody 10 grand. Give everybody 50 grand. You'd mm-hmm. spend billions less. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pull, and like Ron Paul says, pull the troops out of these, these wars. You know, over 1,000 military bases and over 130 countries there's trillions to be saved there yeah uh, give people money so that they buy the cars they put their money back in the banks you know ben uh, i'm taking up all the time go ahead what do you think hey, that's oh over, over you know, i'm sorry ben. over I'm a trillion kidding. dollars a year that we waste on that again uh cancel the drug war as well uh, <clears throat> get rid of that get rid of all the police officers that we use in that um and also take all those people out of p- prison that we put in there that weren't even violent offenders in the slightest bit I and mean, there's exactly. so many ways to fix our problems that it makes our case easier and easier when we're trying to explain to people that there are a group of international bankers that are purposely doing whatever they can to bring this country down setting up the infrastructure and the monetary funds in this way where the average person can never get out of debt the politicians are in the pockets of the bankers right and and we just get screwed over the poor person gets screwed over in the end not even the poor pre- person the millions <laughs> Millionaires yeah. out there are getting screwed <laughs> yeah. out. Upper over. middle class too. Exactly, man. I mean, everybody's getting screwed no, over by it's this. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, it certainly the is. The small, the small elite group out there that's just completely uh, raping and taking all the financial assets of this country. Imagine if you went up to an American citizen or if some, anybody in this country, really. If you went up to anybody, think anybody from any creed, from any background, and you said, give me a million dollars so I can go spend it on a, a strip show. They're going to laugh in your face Whoa. and they're going to walk away or do something violent. Yeah. But meanwhile, because of the TARP funds now going to these major companies like Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, uh, what was the other one here, Bank of America, we're, that's exactly what's happened. Not only are they taking our money from us. But it's not doing anything. They're not even investing it in anything regarding America. Now, there's a thin line here, Ben. There's the communist type of problem where you're saying, well, do you want the government to be in control of what these banks do with the money that they were bailed out? No, I don't want the money to be bailed out in the first place. You don't bail out the companies, Jack. You You bail out the people who are funding the companies at the end of the day. It's the consumer in this country. You know, if you really want to save capitalism, who do you got to save? The consumer. Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, and when you really put it on paper, 
I know this is a radical idea, but yes, if you gave each one of us forty grand, the credit card companies would get paid. The banks would mm-hmm. get paid. The investors to the banks would get paid. The car companies would Radically. get money because we need new cars. Yeah. Uh, food industry would get back up and running. We need food. We Radically. Need Right. We need health care. Uh, and on top of all of these things, uh, so many of these problems would trickle up. And they would trickle up and up and up, and we would solve so many of these problems. And at the same time, people would be able to pay off their mortgages. They wouldn't be in debt anymore. Mm-hmm. And people would be able to go back out and start buying things again and become you know, comfortable ones. Exactly. So there's so many things. But not- and that's, that's why we talk a lot about the, uh, of this show about what's the cause of this and what's the purpose of this economic downturn. Because when we, when we go out there and we give the solutions like the one that you just gave of, you know, let's instead of you know spending trillions of dollars on these banks, why don't we bail out the average American? That is a solution that's very common sense that is literally going to fix the problem because you're telling everybody where the money is going to go. It's going to go to each individual person. The person who's going to go out there, spend their money. Solutions are there. But they are, but they don't want to follow the solutions. They they are literally trying right. to destroy this country in a way that's you know absolutely horrible, and and it's just going to screw us over. And that's exactly what precisely, Ben. Thank you. That's but that's exactly why I think it's time to really start using the, the evil c word conspiracy, not yeah. the other one that we will never say. I did that when I was in high school. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. But <laughs> sure enough, I mean that's why. And I think even without that plan, even if they didn't give any money to the people who really need it. Um, just Ron Paul alone, you know, pointed out that anywhere from 400 to 700 billion dollars alone, which is almost the size of that amazingly pork-ridden stimulus bill that yeah. was just passed, that money alone, if we just got ourselves out of these ridiculous wars, uh, but no, Ben, it's it's true. It's it, there's there is a pun here. There is a kind of a rhetorical element to what we're talking about. We know why they're not doing it, okay? And whether you believe us or agree with us, doesn't matter. And, and by, by all means, do call in, 512-879-3805, AnimalFarmShow.com. Things have gone horribly awry with our, our really beloved guest here, Cindy Sheehan, which we you know we were hoping to have at least an hour and 20 minutes, a good hour and 20 minutes talking to her. Mm-hmm. We're upset. Ben is, is I can tell. Dude, by, is your email working? Can you just send her a quick email? I will, Ben. Because for some freaking reason, God unknown reason. Um, did you go through the webmail portal? Try the webmail God, one. Man. Don't don't use Outlook because you're gonna you, see the thing is in our building here, folks. You got to change your Outlook settings to send outgoing mail. That's but right. no, it's it's, out of control, it's unfortunate, man. and you know we're really at the point now where we, we we do the show because you, the listener, and they you guys enjoy it. We enjoy it, and we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. But uh, we just every week it's something new. And <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. Yeah, oh, I'm embarrassed that I did. That. You should be embarrassed, sure enough. But uh, really, I mean, is is it not time not only to start talking about the real practical solutions? Every time you talk about giving money to the actual people who are going to help the, the problem, mathematically proven that it's going to help. And on top of it, Ben, one other element to giving people money is that you don't need to tell them where to spend it. So they're giving it to the corporations. We're not even allowed to yes. find out where it goes. And when we do, yeah. we realize that it's going to friggin' Dubai and Chinese companies. My money? Yeah, it's insane. And sure enough, people you don't have even have to worry about where people are going to pay their mortgages. Look around you. 600,000-plus people are unemployed as of last month. But when we get back, we'll talk about that. We'll gripe a little bit more about how really crappy things are on the farm. <laughs> and uh, It we smells like poo in here today. It does smell like poopy. And then sure enough, the United Nations now might become our new parents. So all good news on the farm. Stay with us, folks. Fresh food at Roy Rogers. Say howdy to our burgers and thick and juicy sides. Howdy to our roast beef. It's sliced before your eyes. Say howdy to our chicken and howdy to our slaw. Say howdy to a double R. It's not against the law. At Roy Rogers, you never see frozen hamburgers, tired old chicken, or dry roast beef. We make it fresh, and that makes it delicious. Say howdy to fresh food at Roy Rogers. 
Sideline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore. Okay, it's not really our online bookstore where you can get every title, book, and DVD you hear about on our live show. It's brought to you by the people at Brave New Books. BraveNewBookstore.com is the newest, bravest, and most complete bookstore online today. And their DVD selection has all the titles you need to decode the new world order and fight the information war. BraveNewBookstore.com has awesome t-shirts to proudly display your patriotism and liberty stickers to alert the public at large. Brave New Books is physically located at 1904 Guadalupe Street under the Chase Bank Building next to UT in Austin, Texas. So stop on by and maybe stay for one of their film showings. Go to bravenewbookstore.com now to peruse the virtual bookstore and look for the Jack Blood recommended section. Or call them at 866-516-6623. 866-516-6623 to order the books and videos you hear about on Deadline Live. Be the resistance. Tell your friends about bravenewbookstore.com. Just when you thought Earth was safe. Shadow Force is back with Shadow Raider, their mechanized menace. All-terrain treads, hidden cargo driver, and a weapon system that'll blast anything out of its path. Almost anything. Starcom's Hard 7 can stop it. Half battle tank, half transport. Hard 7 can pick it up and move it out. The Shadow Raider and Starcom Hard 7 don't even need batteries. Figures and vehicles each sold separately. Now, you and your friends and family can enjoy the cleanest, most delicious, and healthy drinking water anytime, even while traveling, camping, at sporting events, or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, while leaving in the beneficial and nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote lakes and streams. The optional PF2 filters even remove fluoride. The Berkey Light LED, with its rechargeable lighting system, can be used as a nightlight or camp light. To view or purchase your Berkey water system and replacement filters, please visit Freedom Underground Radio's website homepage at WFURadio.com and click the Berkey banner. Once again, that's WFURadio.com and click the Berkey water banner. Not yet available in Iowa. This line is for ticket holders only, please. Ticket holders All right, only. Move it. Look out. Hey. Hey, I'm cutting in front of you. Coming through. You can't do that. Yeah, who do you think you are? Yeah. Me? Yeah. I'm an obnoxious butthead. <gasps> Yes, you know them well. In fact, you encounter them hey, every day. Hey, you just parked in front of my driveway. What are you, a butthead? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, sorry. I'll just uh, back out over my lawn. We call no them problem. buttheads, but they're actually the unfortunate victims of cranial rectosis, a condition which causes people to lose all feeling for others simply because their head is jammed up their... Well, you get the picture. Excuse me, but this is a no-smoking section. So? What are you gonna do about it, cupcake? <laughs> Don't do anything. He's a terminal butthead. <clears throat> a public service reminder from the Committee to Replace Lab Animals with Buttheads. Online, all the time. Your gateway to the world. Freedom Underground Radio. I encourage you to refer to this program frequently. Freedom Underground Radio.
Yes, indeed, folks. Animal Farm Radio Show is back. Uh, we are, if you're just joining us, we had Cindy Sheehan on, and we're supposed to have her on for the pretty much the entire show. But as always on the Animal Farm, things just don't go well, and technical issues are uh, a thing of uh, our show. It's part yeah. of our show. It's kind of like a, the leg of the spider, if you will. But anyway. <laughs> I was um, able to shoot her an email, so hopefully she'll call back. It didn't seem like she was at home, though. <laughs> yeah, I think she was running errands. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the Animal Farm just gets abused left and right. That's I okay. Stiff. <laughs> That's okay. One day, folks, one day, if we don't get uh, arrested for what we're doing, then one day we're going to have a really good show. So just stay with us, man. No and if you uh, care, if, you're, if, you have, if you have money, unlike us, uh, by, by all means, Animal Farm Radio Show has a donate feature until we start getting some real sponsors on the show. It is AnimalFarmShow.com. If you go in the top right area, you can throw us a couple bucks, which is great. Obviously, we need it. And if you have any, any other pieces of advice for us, info at AnimalFarmShow.com. Don't read into that too much, right? Anyway, uh, a little bit of good news, I think. Uh, this is this is where we left off with Miss Sheehan. Uh, I wanted to talk to her about the possibility of 12,000 U.S. troops to leave Iraq by September um, there's a, it's kind of a dual story, Ben. It's like 12,000 U.S. troops leave by September. Homicide bomb kills 32. So I'm not yeah. sure what Fox is trying to do here. Maybe they're trying to keep into the mentality, well, we really cannot leave yet because the job isn't done, which, of course, is nonsense. Uh, there is no job. Don't con me. Yeah, really. Not, not from an American <laughs> standpoint, at least. Not if you care about freedom. Uh, but anyway, you know, we keep hearing different things now. I mean, every couple days, every three or four days now, it's, oh, well, the timetable is now 36 years or 36 months or 100 million years or, yeah. or there's no timetable or we can never, you know, and it's just the same regurgitation recycled BS that we get. Oh, do you really think Iraq is ready for this? You know what? We shouldn't have done this in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and we're never going to let them uh, get to the point where they're ready if we stay there. So, yeah. um, you know, this is all common sense, man. We talk about so much common sense, but at the end of the day, you know, we're not really talking about the real things. I mean, we know this war is nonsense. They're not fighting terrorism. They're creating terrorism. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you have any gripes with that or if you disagree, by all means, 512-879-3805-BEN. Um, Plus, we'll talk to you for a little bit, and then you'll hang up and get th- this. Then our in. internet connection will go down like most corporate <laughs> T1 connections do. <laughs> dude, I swear. It was like, <laughs> internet. What the hell is going I on know, dude, anymore? I know, God is looking down at us and is like, no, bad animal farm. No, you God, don't do your show. You internet. God, God is looking down at us and saying, I'm going to go to GCN now and see who's on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. Yeah, God, I, I don't want to, God, I mean, I don't, I want to talk to you, but I don't, because I, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to be very Why disrespectful. Not? I'm sorry. Uh, David Vine, Ben, is a, is an editor. Uh, he's a writer, too, uh, for the matter of fact, and he writes for Information Clearinghouse. And I think I read like just very little bit of this article, but I think it's one of the best articles I've read in a long time, maybe top ten of all time in at least the articles I've read. And I've read about uh, 4,000 of them. So it's called Too Many Overseas Bases. And, of course, it is AnimalFarmShow.com. Our delicious section is up. You can follow along here, folks, kind of like yes. high school. But uh, David Vine writes, you know, questioning the idea or putting it out there. In the midst of an economic crisis that's getting scarier by the day, it's time to ask whether the nation can really afford some 1,000 military bases overseas. For those unfamiliar with the issue, you read or you read that number correctly. Yes, you read the number correctly. 1,000, and here's how he gets to that. 1,000 U.S. military bases outside the 50 states in Washington, D.C., representing the largest collection of bases in the world history. Officially, the Pentagon counts 865 base sites, but, but. this notoriously unreliable number omits all our bases in Iraq, likely over 100, and our bases in Afghanistan, which is at least 80 and counting now, among many other well-known and secretive bases. So think about that alone, but over 100 bases in Iraq, that's what they were doing for seven years. Yeah. And uh, 80 and counting now in Afghanistan. Now, why is there a troop surge in Afghanistan? 
hmm, I just wonder, uh, among well many other well-known and secretive bases, so potentially well over a 1,000, more than half a century after World War II and the Korean War, we still have 268 bases in Germany, 124 in Japan, and 87 in South Korea. Others are scattered around the globe in places like Aruba and Australia and Bulgaria and uh, Bahrain. So he goes oh on, God. he asks, he talks about the cost of exceeding dollars and cents. That's kind of how we got on the subject. And he talks about the possibility of the benefits of having fewer bases. And you don't really have to look too far. Uh, look at Ron Paul. He's gone into it in his book. He goes into it all the time on mainstream television. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a joke. And, you know, think about it. Did you really, you know, if you, if you weren't the bully in high school, did you really like the bully? No. Everybody hates the bully. And then it, yeah. a lot of times people's lives were ruined. And why is, you know, why can we not apply that to who we are? Look in the mirror. Ben? It's true. It's I mean, true. it really is. I know we're all... Well, no, I mean, and, and then you go talk to people on Fox, and you mention this thing, things like this, and they go, oh, well, you know, we're America's not an aggressive nation. What, are you kidding me? We have over a 1,000 <laughs> military bases across it. They're not, they're not freedom bases. They're not, no. you know, they're not sheep petting. They're not petting zoos. You know, they're freaking... <laughs> It'd be they're... funny if they were, though. It would be yeah, funny. Yeah, let's go and pet our sheep. <laughs> exactly. That's what we should do. We should uh, yeah. start a campaign to, to uh, you know, change all the military oh, stations overseas into petting zoos, and maybe we'll have a better image. Um, but you know you have to you have to put that in front of people's faces to let them know that listen okay yes we're for peace and that's our general uh, you know ideology as Americans and you know every country that we're in there that we're in there for a good reason but it's nonsense we have over a thousand military bases and over 130 did he say I thought it was over 150 I don't know I think it's over 150 but I think what he, one of the points he alludes to here is that we were there's some so many that we're not being told about that we so don't there's know. over a thousand bases yeah uh, and over, well over 130 countries but it, there's some that we don't even know about and same thing goes for these torture camps you think abu Ghraib, even though it's now being redone mm-hmm. or you think Gitmo is the only torture camp i mean wake up folks yeah. come on uh 512-879-3805 we do go to the phones thank god uh area code 443 is on the line go ahead you're on the animal farm free then yes yeah, speak it please help can you, us can you just even tell me what that means <laughs> what does that mean mark Free Ben. Is it Mark or Free Ben? Uh, it, it doesn't matter, but I want to bring up a much more important issue. <laughs> okay, Mark. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. It's the first thing you say. Save us, Mark. Save us. <laughs> Obama auto task forced members to drive GM's vault. Now, if you guys recall, they made a, a movie, uh, I think three or four years ago, called Who Killed the Electric Car? And in it, they talk about the vault, which they ended up crushing, which Al Gore did nothing about it. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think about the GM vote. I posted a link in the, the chat room about Israel trying to go all electric, but I'd like to hear what you guys think of that. Yeah, I saw that movie, and I can't really remember that particular vehicle. Was that the one that everybody was protesting about, and they kind of, you know, they really went off and, and put a, a concerted effort forward to try to keep that um, in there, but General Motors didn't want to do it? Was that the, the one? Yeah, and they, they were using the cars. Um, some of the movie stars were driving them around, and they said they recalled them for this bogus reason, and they had them sitting in uh, a, a car crusher, whatever you want to call it, a dump. Yeah. And the people went out there and protested, and then they, why they had the footage of the cars being crushed. Yep, yep, I did see that. And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't I don't know what Israel's trying to do with that. I, I don't know. I mean, but that was a, a great example of a, a great product, and, you know, celebrities were driving it, and it was a new and hip thing, and they had the ability to, you know, market it in a way that was that was good, that the American people would like it. But, again, it got killed by the oil industry, and we see that so much. Um, sure. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Hang on the line, Mark. Uh, we are going to break. AnimalFarmShow.com is a website. Stay tuned.
and the eyes of truth are always watching you. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? Hey, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter, Winston packs rich tobacco specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. The Animal Farm Radio Show has been brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. Now, you and your friends and family can enjoy the cleanest, most delicious, and healthy drinking water anytime, even while traveling, camping, at sporting events, or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, while leaving in the beneficial and nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote lakes and streams. The optional PF2 filters even remove fluoride. The Berkey Light LED, with its rechargeable lighting system, can be used as a nightlight or camp light. To view or purchase your Berkey water system and replacement filters, please visit Freedom Underground Radio's website homepage at WFURadio.com and click the Berkey banner. Once again, that's WFURadio.com and click the Berkey water banner. Not yet available in Iowa. Okay, last time. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Millions of Americans every day are shedding unwanted pounds by taking tested and proven ultra-liposchnick. Carbohydrates are bad, bad. Our carbo-fighting antioxidant is good, good. Just listen to these satisfied customers. My name is Gal, and I lost like 20 pounds on ultra-liposchnick. My name is Jared, and I lost 46 pounds using ultra-liposchnick. My name is Zach, and I actually gained weight. This stuff sucks! Ultra-liposchnick. Liposchnick is safe and easy to inject. Just three doses, four times a day, discreetly underneath your fingernail. Listen to this. I used Ultra Liposchnick and suffered from side effects like uncontrollable greasy discharge. Ultra Liposchnick, it turned the armpits of all of my shirts orange. This stuff is crap. Try it today and see some real results. Ultra Liposchnick, not available in stores. Results may vary. Hey, Jack Blood here, host of Deadline Live. I wanted to share with you my secret weapon in fighting the new world order. It's a new product called Enerfood. Enerfood is bar none the best health supplement I've tried, and I've tried them all. With many ingredients like spirulina, chlorella, dulse, kelp, barley, grass, alfalfa, leaf, beetroot, orange peel, winter cherry root, it really is nothing less than superfood. I couldn't imagine having to shop and prepare all of these ingredients, but now I don't have to. Enerfood's done it for me. A simple scoop of powder every day is 
is all it takes. No fillers, no miracle claims, no magic bullets, just a real product with real results. Call them today and mention Jack Flood and get a special discount. Get the two-pack special with the coconut oil powder. Call them now, 1-866-762-9238. 1-866-762-9238. Or simply go to enterfood.com. That's E-N-E-R, enterfood.com. Tell them Jack Flood sent you. This is not your daddy's talk radio. Yo, what's up? Check this out. Freedom. Underground. Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Animal Farm Radio Show is back on the air live. Hopefully you're enjoying our new sponsorship. As you can tell, we've got plenty of new companies who are anxious uh, to sponsor the farm and very much into farm what? style. So we're very excited, especially Roy Rogers, one of my favorite restaurants. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Ben, yeah. Pyeth, and Tony, we are ben back Berger. here. 512-879-3805. We are joined by the uh, ever-elusive Mark, one of our biggest fans and listeners, and a great caller, great contributor. Here's here's his music, by the way. Here's his intro music. It's such a pretty sight. So this song always makes me in a better mood, though. I gotta no, say, this song this song really scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> because somebody actually produced this song in a studio. Yeah. And it's it, it freaks me out more than any horror film I've ever seen in my life. And I think right in the background it says. But why is it, it so? Says, kill your parents right in the background. If you play, yeah, if you play it in reverse, it's like Mark will kill the animal farm. No, it's like. What, but the thing is that this is actually produced and um, it, it it just scares me. I I feel very troubled when I hear. It. But anyway, Mark, you uh, you do join us. And now you asked a question before, Mark. But in the translation and all you know with all the sponsorship, I want you to repeat the question because Ben was answering it and I want him to finish. Go ahead. The, the the GM Volt that Obama's task force is now going to test and probably end up dumping in a couple billion dollars. I want to know what you guys feel about that, because basically if GM does get the bailout or, or more money in the bailout and Obama decides, well, we're going to push the electric cars, it, it could mean a huge difference in the amount of oil or, or foreign oil that we use. And I want to know what you guys think and how you feel about the possibility of actually going away from oil-based cars to an electric car. Oh, Pius got an answer for you, Mark. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Ben. You finish up there. No, obviously. Or start up again, at least. Huh? Obviously, you know, oil was an extremely efficient form of energy in the, you know, early 1900s because, you know, it allowed us to do things that we never thought even imaginable. imaginable. And now we've, sure. we've really used the hell out of it. But if we look at things, you know, if we look at the situation, we re- we're realizing that it's not so, it's not as efficient as it could be because, you, you know, it's, I don't know whether it's a finite resource or whether it's not. It doesn't even matter whether it's a finite resource or it's not because we should be out there, we should, we we should be out there having solar energy, solar panels on our car no, that no, absorb no. it and that let us drive around tax-free and yeah. everything. That's that's where we yeah. should be at. Um, so any any step towards that is good. The electric car is fine as well. 
um, letting you just plug it in at night and, and taking it out. Although the, the problem with that is that the distance, you're, you're only able to go to a, a certain distance. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not perfect, but it's getting there. And any move that we can make towards that is good. Um, now, you know, as far as Barack Obama using taxpayers' money to pay for that, I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing because now you're you're giving money to a company like Ford that's out there, you know, creating these things, but they have such management problems in the first place. They were going uh, bunk for uh, for so many years that you know it's, it may not be in our best interest to, to use taxpayers' money for that. Yeah, I, I will pick. It's a great question, Mark, and there's so many different facets to it. I don't know if I could answer it in less than 20 minutes, like like always. But uh, I, I pick on the Department of Homeland Security because they just received 380 million dollars out of the eight. 800 billion. I pick on them because I think it's probably the biggest waste of resources. At least it's it's one of them. Them, the TSA, and a lot of other ABC organizations I can mention. But uh, I agree with you, Ben, absolutely that we should be figuring out ways to power things. You know, we have these wind generators. We have all of these uh, means that we can do things. Obviously. Solar panels on houses, solar panels on grocery stores. This is happening in America. These yeah. things are happening. They're not happening quick enough. Uh, I, even without the global warming debate, even without the fossil fuel debate, I agree. And on top of it, David Bloom comes out, and he was, you know, certainly he's been on the farm once. We had a great interview with him. Listen to alone to our interview with him, and I think it'll open up a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Talking about using alcohol as a potential fuel. Is it the cure-all? Maybe, maybe not. Is it the perfect thing? Maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you one thing it does not do. It does not bring out CO2. It does not emit mm-hmm. CO2, carbon dioxide, at all. So it's a very clean fuel, and you can make it forever. Yeah, you can make it forever. You can make I it by yourself. I will veto every single beer. You Just don't need to. Uh, yeah, you don't need to um, go anywhere to get it. It's right. You know, all you have to have is a, a still, essentially the size of a desk, is what he was saying. Right. And you had the, the ability to create your own fuel, and it's it's. You know, zero. You're not you're not taking anything away from something. You're growing it, you're picking it, and you're using it for fuel. For fuel. I mean, no that that sounds like a great solution to no matter who you are. Sure. And and, and to continue on with solutions and, and and potential things that we could be doing, should have been doing, and, and could have done in the past. Uh, again, uh, DHS with 380 million dollars, take away all that money. Uh, they have enough resources, I think, at this point, or doing so little at this point. I think it's a waste of time. But take the 300. And 70 plus million, whatever they actually got, and let's start opening up more clean air uh, type places or clean fuel type places across this country. And every state, let's start putting that. You know, that's that's spending that you can believe in because that does bring in jobs, that does help people, it'll help the economy, and sure enough, it will give us uh, lower bills. You know, we will be able to generate so much energy. Yeah. You see these freaking commercials on TV all the time, these GE commercials or these Exxon Mobil commercials, and they're like, oh yes, we have figured out. This way, where we can power up America for 15 years straight, only on this oh, technology. Crap. Yeah, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. even if you can do, to do it, yeah. then don't tell me you could. Don't spend. Do it long. Don't yeah, spend it. millions of dollars on a, on a freaking commercial. To tell me, just do it. Yeah. Because you're the ones who are getting money. But Mark, and stop killing we'll brown people in order to 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 get that gold done. Because that's it's, that's the biggest part of this whole energy thing is our foreign policy. I mean, we go we go to Iraq and literally just steal people's oil. Neocons go out there and say, yeah, well. You know, they shouldn't have a right to hoard that oil. We have the right to go over there and steal it. And, I mean, it just shapes our foreign policy in a way that's so... That's so morally wrong because we're going to into literally into somebody's house and taking their crap. Yeah, but you can't you can't bring that up to the average person because the average person just cannot make that leap between uh, me coming in your house and doing something and then you going to someone else's country. But anyway, yeah. Mark's question I think we've gotten a little bit off topic. But Mark, uh, I- exactly with the uh, thing and, and once again, of course, thanks for the call. What was uh, the question? I'm again? sorry, but yes, no, <laughs> Mark. As always, we we enjoy your calls and you have always got great points. But just to try to go back to your original question for me to answer it, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not familiar with what Israel's exactly 
doing with this particular car. I, I do think, however, on the Barack Obama front, that one of the big plans, and, and this is certainly uh, not my uh, invention. You know, this has been going on for a while. We've been talking about the problem reaction solution and the idea that they're going to try to tax your carbon emissions because you're an evil planet person and, you know, carbon dioxide's bad for you. And again, without getting into the global warming debate, I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to figure out a way to get much more money out of you based on how many miles you drive, even though that got shot down, or by a couple of other things. So I don't like it. I think it stinks to high heaven. And uh, I know for a fact that there's several things we could have been doing. And this goes for every problem that we talk about, but there's so many things we could have been doing, even though it would have destroyed the oil industry or, you know, definitely crippled it to a certain degree. We should be using alcohol as fuel, and every restaurant should be using alcohol to power their stoves and pizzerias and, and you know, grocery stores, mm-hmm. billions upon billions of dollars in energy, billions of things, and so many jobs could have been created to refine this technology, to get this technology where it needs to be to utilize it. Yeah. It's just BS, folks. It is corporatism. It is fascism, and I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we talk about that, the... Uh... Uh-oh. Yes! <laughs> it is time for a beer. When we man. talk about that, man, that centralization of the control, the monopoly men taking over things, and we look at the results of what our society would actually look like if these corrupt bastards weren't in power, it's actually beyond imagination. I don't even think we would be able to to picture society. Uh, I, you know, flying cars. We probably, probably wouldn't. We'd probably be past flying cars. We'd probably be transporting into each other's houses. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If we, if, if I, I wish we lived in that kind of Star Trek mentality uh, where everybody is trying to better themselves. But look, that's wait a minute. That is unfortunately sci-fi, and it probably always will remain as long as I think as long as we have a currency that everybody's dying to get after. Yeah, well, as long as we have the corrupt bastards in power that are keeping us down, and I think we get we got to clean house before we can really make uh, the, the natural strides that we need to make evolution. As a human race, we ha- we have to do that, man, because you know there's there are a certain group of people, and I hate to refer to them as cancer, but they are they're cancerous in the in the human uh, in the human experiment, the human growth. Um, I agree. That's man. what they are, and they're keeping us down, and we have to we have to root out that cancer. Sure, power segment sponsored by somebody. On the other side, here, folks, stay with us. Final segment coming up on the Animal Farm Radio Show. Please. Hey, Jack Blood here, host of Deadline Live. I wanted to share with you my secret weapon in fighting the new world order. It's a new product called Enerfood. Enerfood is bar none the best health supplement I've tried, and I've tried them all. With many ingredients like spirulina, chlorella, dulse, kelp, barley, grass, alfalfa, leaf, beetroot, orange peel, winter cherry root, it really is nothing less than superfood. I couldn't imagine having to shop and prepare all of these ingredients, but now I don't have to. Enerfood's done it for me. A simple scoop of powder every day is all. All it takes. No fillers, no miracle claims, no magic bullets. Just a real product with real results. Call them today and mention Jack Blood and get a special discount. Get the two-pack special with the coconut oil powder. Call them now, 1-866-762-9238. 1-866-762-9238. Or simply go to enerfood.com. That's E-N-E-R, enerfood.com. Tell them Jack Blood sent you. Hi, Gordon. What you been up to? Big things, Fred. I'm a full-time student at bartending college. Wow. I never had time for a formal education. Well, I decided to make time, but it's not easy. Bartending college is a four-week course. Gee, how far along are you? Well, let's see. This is Tuesday, the third week. Hey, I'm a junior, and I'm late for a daiquiri lecture. Why don't you join me? Why not? 
Bartending College. You've already spent enough time on the other side of the bar to qualify for enrollment. Bartending College. We'll teach you everything you need to know. You'll get a starter set of bartenders' jokes like... So I said to the guy, you can stay, but the cow's gotta go. <laughs> Bartending College. You'll learn how to roll drunks, water the liquor, and skim the cash register. And remember, as the bartender, you drink for free. 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 Last call for integrity. Now, you and your friends and family can enjoy the cleanest, most delicious, and healthy drinking water anytime, even while traveling, camping, at sporting events, or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, while leaving in the beneficial and nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote lakes and streams. The optional PF2 filters even remove fluoride. The Berkey Light LED, with its rechargeable lighting system, can be used as a nightlight or camp light. To view or purchase your Berkey water system and replacement filters, please visit Freedom Underground Radio's website homepage at WFURadio.com and click the Berkey banner. Once again, that's WFURadio.com and click the Berkey water banner. Not yet available in Iowa. Although America is the greatest nation in the world, we still face many modern problems. And modern problems require modern solutions. Healthcare is in shambles. Medicaid doesn't work. And the insurance industry has made medicine virtually unaffordable. Meanwhile, our neighbors in Canada have free health care for all their citizens. So what am I suggesting? Thank Canadian ID cards for all Americans. <laughs> you get sick, run on up to Canada and get yourself checked out. I'm Dave Chappelle, and I want to represent you. In an increasingly dangerous world, even after the first terrorist attack on America, John Kerry and the Liberals in Congress voted to slash America's intelligence operations by $6 billion. Cuts so deep they would have weakened America's defenses. And weakness attracts those who are waiting to do America harm. I'm George W. Bush, and I approve this message. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot, batteries not included. He helps you tackle even the toughest challenge. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate Zapper and play games like Duck Hunt or action-packed Hogan's Alley and high-flying Kung Fu, each sold separately? Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, Two Controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. Corn nuts, an intensely crunchy corn snack, comes in seven nut-busting flavors. Bust a nut at a convenience store near you. Welcome to the world's meeting place. F-R-E-E-D-O-M Radio. Freedom Underground Radio.
All right, folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm Show. How can we be laughing right now? I, I just, don't know. We're going to no try way. to reschedule that interview with Cindy Sheehan, um, and I, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do, man. I am just, uh, I'm livid right now. There's nothing quite uh, <laughs> as, I guess nothing in the world teaches you humility when you promote for something so hard, and you actually get people tuning in, and then it, it just crashes. Yeah, I know. How embarrassing is that crap? <laughs> well, hopefully, Ben, there's that word again, which uh, I should never say Hopefully. Ever. Hopefully, Ben, that we at least we've gotten, you know, maybe some new listeners tonight. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe people have tuned in and said, you know what? The, the technology is awful, but they have a really good show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic. No, they, probably tuned in, me, they probably tuned in and were like, <laughs> like these guys like, suck. Yeah, these guys really need to get their crap together, you know? Let's, let's uh, stop listening to him. Tide turning. I, see, as I remember, Go ahead, I was raised in the desert, but tides kind of tr- It's easy to see a uh, tide turn. I was raised in the desert, he says. <laughs> said he was, of course he was. Uh, <laughs> desert in Vermont or wherever he grew up. I was raised in Kennebunkport, Maine, Massachusetts, yeah, where Maine, all the deserts are. Anyway, folks. And the lobsters uh, that live in the deserts. He did. He did. Uh, they, got, they got great, great crab cakes in a desert. Sure enough, folks, if you are listening to the Animal Farm for the first time, it's uh, it's our radio show. Yeah, kind of lots of fun. But we do have the thing it's called our supposed radio show. It is supposed. It's not real. Thanks. It's just a, it's a facade. It's an illusion. <laughs> but we do have something every night at the final segment. We do have something called the power segment where we power through news at a very fast pace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Okay, sponsored to you by Corn Nuts, busting out at a local grocery store near you. <laughs> Lafayette firefighter here accused of setting fire to his own home. This is like something out of IR Huckabees or something. I don't know what to tell you. A firefighter faces arson charges alleging that he set fire to his home and then tried to prevent responding firefighters from fire. extinguishing fire. the blaze. So fire. he obviously fire. had an fire. agenda. Fire. <laughs> Eric W. Tendum, age 40, was charged Thursday with two felony counts of arson and misdemeanor offenses of obstructing or interfering with a firefighter or criminal mischief and possession of marijuana. Maybe that's why he was burning. I don't know what the deal. Tenham, who joined the Lafayette Fire Department in 96, surrendered to authorities Friday as was later released on bond, uh, according to Tippecano County Sheriff's Department, something like that. And finally, he's accused of intentionally starting the October 17th fire that severely damaged his rural battleground home. When firefighters arrived, flames were visible from the front of the home, and uh, material also was burning in a nearby fenced-out area. So he obviously had something going on. I'm, I didn't read too far in the article, but yes, he was he was trying to burn his own house. Power segment nice. on the Animal Farm continues via Piath. Right. right. All right. Yeah. Billionaire Warren Buffett says the economy has fallen off a cliff. Oh, boy. This is horrible. He said Monday the U.S. economy could recover in five years. Yeesh. Likening the Dick. current battle against prolonged recession as a Dick. Pearl Harbor-like situation during World War II. It's fallen off a cliff, Buffett said Monday during a live appearance on CNBC. Not only has the economy slowed down a lot, but people have really changed their habits like I haven't seen. Yes, indeed. I think the economy will be fine in five years, but I wish we'd get there faster, said Buffett, one of the world's richest men, in an interview with CNBC. Instead of getting, you know, a, a gold... Uh, you know, a gold uh, medallion for his neck. He has to go get a silver one. I don't know. Uh, uh, poor America, guy. Yeah, America's poor best guy. days are ahead, but how fast will go there is in question. He described the current situation in which unemployment is at a 25-year high and stocks have plunged to 12-year lows as an economic Pearl Harbor and an important war which could be won. Power segment continues. Very good. No, nothing more satisfying or... 
I guess, uh, promising than seeing billionaires tell you how bad things are about to get. Yeah, anyway, speaking of things getting bad, a uh, little more truth out of the UK here. Concerns over safety of cervical cancer vaccine after 1,300 girls experience adverse side effects. I think the Gardasil vaccine, in this case, of course, has uh, it's mellowed out a little bit in the United States. We haven't heard too much about it there, but we did have an update. I think it was out of Australia. Don't quote me, but uh, I have to dig, that, uh, dig it up from the archives. But now in uh, the U.K., more than 1,300 schoolgirls have experienced adverse reactions to the controversial cervical cancer jab, they're calling it, Ben, over there. Doctors have reported that girls aged just 12 and 13 have suffered paralysis, convulsions, and sight problems after being given the vaccine. Now, once again, folks, keep in mind, this is a vaccine. This really pisses me off. This is a vaccine <laughs> for the human papillomavirus. And, you know, that, if that ever occurs in a female, uh, I think it, it could only occur in females. You know, young women after having sex. So they have to have sex, they have to get HPV, and then that could potentially lead to cervical cancer. So there's mm-hmm. three or four things here yeah. that have to happen. But, but didn't you say there was an article where they tried to give it to boys, right? They were also, the, the you know, conveniently enough, uh, the drug company that was pushing it at the time, I don't exactly know. I, I think it was... Oh, God, I want to say AstraZeneca, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. My, my memory's shot, Ben. But anyway, yes, no, what we talked about back in the day uh, when it was an American issue or when, when they were covering it on Fox News in the health world, the, you know, it was amazing how arrogant and ridiculous this is. But, yes, the drug companies were also encouraging boys to take the vaccine. Yeah. You know, they were making up some kind of sponsored terror. So, and the, the big controversy here, I mean, this is not really much of a power segment, but sure enough, uh, the controversy is that this is really hurting females. I mean, this is a preventative measure. They have to have sex. They have to get HPV. Then they might get cervical cancer. Keep that in mind when I read the next couple of our, uh, paragraphs. Dozens were described as having pain. This is the female. The other females here. An extremity while others suffer from nausea, muscle weakness, fever, dizziness, and numbness. The vaccine is being given to girls under a government program hmm, to prevent women from developing cervical cancer. Ministers say it will ultimately save 700 lives a year. Mm-hmm. And even if that were true, Ben, finally... Keep in mind, these are girls who have to first have sex, then get HPV, then get cervical cancer. So how are you going to justify 700 year, 700 lives saved per year? And even if that's true, uh, what about the adverse reactions? And this is a really bad vaccine. I've heard yep. horror stories. I've heard girls of literally becoming uh, either psychotic or physically gone. You know, they can't Just even dead, they can't yeah. Walk, yeah, dead. So yep. it's, then, it has killed uh, several females as well. And then the person that introduced it, Governor Rick Perry of uh, Texas. He wanted to make it mandatory. He's, he, he cares about you. He wanted to make it mandatory, and then he was heavily invested in the company that was making it. So he was literally just, you know, turning a profit off of making it mandatory for, for people yeah. to take. And that, it's just disgusting. That's, well, yeah. A very transparent uh, form of corruption. The, the, the worst type of it's scum human beings. decisions. Yeah, we have some of the worst scum of human beings in, in our government system all across the world. Power segments True. continues. Thank you. Former Cheney chief of staff can't find a job. Prominent Bush administration officials who helped the former president propagate du- uh, dubious legal opinions justified the alleged torture of U.S. prisoners uh, continue to be punished by prospective employers, while those who left before their so-called torture opinions came to light have managed to snag positions in the private sector. Those who began their search afterwards are still looking for jobs, including Chief of Staff to Vice President Dick Cheney. 
David Abington, perhaps the most prominent member of uh, member of Cheney's Dick. inner circle, <laughs> after Dick. school the Libby, Dick. Cheney's top staffer until he was indicted on perjury charges in the CIA leak case. Abington is seen as one of the chief architects of Bush's torture doctrine. So I'm very happy that they are not able to find a job. Power signal continues. Yes, we want them to find. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Guest workers trafficked to Kuwait, stripped of their passports, forced to work seven days a week at U.S. military base while being cheated of half their wages. Ah, more freedom. Hundreds of thousands of foreign guest workers, among them 240,000 Bangladeshis, have been trafficked to Kuwait where they are immediately stripped of their passports. Many work seven days a week for wages just 14 to 36 cents an hour, which means they are being cheated of up to 84% of the 90 cent an hour wage they were guaranteed when they purchased their three-year contracts to work in Kuwait. Workers who ask for their proper wages are beaten and threatened with arrest and forcible deportation. The workers are housed in a squad, overcrowded dorms, with eight workers sharing each small 10-by-10-foot rooms, sleeping in narrow, double-level mental bunk beds. Uh, It's awful. Uh, The recent dramatic rise in food costs, the price of many basic goods doubled, has drawn workers even further into misery. On July 27-28th, approximately 80,000 mostly Bangladeshi cleaning workers joined a work stoppage demanding their proper wages and an end to other abuses. And finally, there was some limited rioting as well when the companies re, uh, refused to negotiate. So this is out of nlcnet.org. Once again, animalfarmshow.com is where you get all the information you can follow along uh, and you can read this. And I, I'd say for, for sure do some research on this because I have not confirmed it yet. It's hard to confirm anything these days, but power segment will, in, in a confirmation, be continued. Go ahead. Yes, and I'd have gotten away with it too. If it wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, really quick, can you go real quick, Ben? Um, not, sure, yeah, it. let me cover this article. Go ahead. Uh, NYPD's notorious mafia cop sentenced to life. Um, Louis Epolito, 60, was sentenced to life in prison, plus 100 years. Stephen Caracapa, uh, 67, received life in prison, plus 80 years. And the prosecutors uh, say men killed mobster during a phony traffic stop were paid oh, no, monthly. Blah. Authorities say mafia viewed them as crystal ball of classified information. Great stuff. All right, so we are done for tonight. We survived. For Ben, for Tony, I'm Pyeth. <laughs> I'm Pyeth saying goodnight. I'm losing my mind, and actually, thanks for everybody. Thanks, Ray, for sending us the funny commercials, and Voile for sending us this. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a doctor.